Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guests today are the Gorilla Gang from Africa. And before we get to them, I have a few announcements to make. And of course, the website is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there and see stories that I've written, see stories that some of the guests have written, see photos of our guests, see links to all their social media, and see links to our social media. And by that, of course, is Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. There's links to Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcasts where you can subscribe for free. And if you do that, I ask you to please... Give us a good rating. That helps more people find the show by boosting our presence. That's a cool thing to do. If you think you might be good for the show or know somebody who might be a good guest for the show, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Write me also if you uh, have any questions about travel and maybe you just want to say some nice things. So do that, TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. All right, this is my third attempt at making the intro for this particular podcast because uh, I listened to the, some of the last takes that I've done, and if I didn't get some kind of audio hit on this microphone or I just rambled on, something or other made me want to do it over again because I was trying to recap an incredible week touring Uganda and Rwanda, highlighted, of course, by two days seeing the gorillas, the mountain gorillas, in their natural habitat. And this has been a bucket list, you know, I don't like that term, but I'm going to use it, bucket list trip that I've uh, had on my list for a long time. And former guest of the show and photographer, Laura Greer, I ran into uh, several months ago, and she had mentioned that some of her friends were going on this gorilla trek to Africa. And I said, if a spot opens up, please let me know. And a spot opened up. And for a lot of people, this trip is prohibitive in a lot of ways. Uh, it's not cheap. They allow only a limited amount of people per day to see the gorillas, usually groups of no more than eight per gorilla family. So that's a small amount. Where we went was the Bawindi Impenetrable Forest in Uganda, and there was four gorilla families that were following around. And so you figure eight per group, that's 32 permits a day, and that's it. So they're expensive. And a little uh, helpful tip, they're about twice as expensive in Rwanda. So, which is why we did our treks in Uganda. We got to do two treks. And first of all, I want to give a shout out to Gorilla Trek Africa, who are our tour guides and tour company we used. They're based in Uganda. And our guides, Charles and David, were amazing. So if you're thinking of doing this, I can recommend them, Gorilla Trek Africa. Ask for Charles and David. Shout out to the fellas. They were great. So our group was a group of seven, of whom I only knew Laura. And I also found out that I was the only man in the group which makes for an interesting dynamic. So me and six ladies traveling around Rwanda and Uganda, I think the locals must have thought I was some kind of a big shot, me and my harem going around, which earned me the nickname amongst the group of Silverback, which I <laughs> tried to take as a compliment because the Silverbacks, it's the gorilla families, all are led by one main giant Silverback male gorilla. 
And I like to think I was the alpha male that earned that nickname and not my graying hair. At least that's the way I took it. I can't recommend the experience enough. We, we did one day of uh, golden monkey tracking in Volcanoes National Park, which is a nice warm-up. Uh, we trekked for uh, about an hour to a small forest where these golden monkeys that are indigenous to the area were everywhere, and they were you know, swinging and walking and climbing all around us. And it was a nice warm-up for the gorilla treks over the next two days. And to be in the forest, in the jungle, in their natural habitat, around them. They were walking around us. They were just feet from us. One walked basically over my foot, carrying her baby. It was magical to be around them. And it's so fortunate to have that experience. And we were all just uh, blown away by the experience. They got really close. One uh, touched uh, our friend Shannon's foot. We got video of a giant silverback sharding, <laughs> which uh, maybe we could have done without, but I had no idea how gassy the uh, big gorillas were. You learn that when you're hanging around with them. But in doing it, we all realized just how uh, an amazing experience we were entitled to have. So the theme of these interviews, which I did on our last night together outside of Queen Elizabeth National Park, which is also amazing. We went there and we saw so many. We saw lions sleeping in trees. It's one of the most unique places in the world where lions will do that. They'll hang out in, these, in this giant tree and uh, just sleeping and looking at prey, and it was, it was incredible. And then we saw elephants and tons of hippos and water buffalo and just, you know, the total African experience. And again, none of this comes cheap. It takes planning. It takes time. I used a lot of freaking flyer miles and uh, chase ultimate reward points and whatever I could do to make this happen. But I'm so glad I did. And I recommend it to anyone who wants to do it. And you have to plan ahead because those permits sell out pretty quickly. And another thing we could also agree on was that uh, Rwanda, in particular, was gorgeous. And the capital city, Kigali, in comparison to most African cities, was so amazingly clean and beautiful. And this is 25 years after the genocide. And we went to that museum in Kigali, and it's, it's very moving and powerful. And the fact that this country can recover from, after just 25 years from you know, one of the most horrific chapters in history is really incredible and inspiring. And the drive to Bawindi National Park and around Uganda, incredibly gorgeous. I had no idea. So it blew us all away. And these interviews were done on the last night around Queen Elizabeth National Park at our hotel. And the only person I didn't get in the group was uh, Brittany Paradise. That's her real name. And she's not even in show business. What a great name, Brittany Paradise. She should be in movies with that name. Um... And she kind of organized this whole thing. She really did. And, and uh, despite having her own coffee company, FerndellCoffee.com, look for it. And since she's in the coffee business, Brittany was kind of our leader on this whole thing because she has gone to Rwanda before uh, numerous times on business-related things. And she also works with a couple charities, of which I'll have links as well at TravelTalesPodcast.com accompanying this. So Brittany, uh, on the night... Of, I was doing the interviews. She wasn't feeling too well, so she wasn't up for the interview, which is fine. So she's the one interview in the group that uh, I didn't get on this episode, but I just want to give another shout out to her and all the work she did putting this together. Thank you, Brittany. It was funny when I posted the photo of me and the group on the trip and my friends back home was like, wow, you and six women, how's that going? And it was great. You know, uh, I like women and I like traveling with them and I like... Um, women that are smart and successful 
and interesting and uh, good travelers, and we got along great. So I like to think I made uh, six new friends on this trip. So this is a collection of short interviews with five of them. Kathleen, Cindy, Shannon, Laura, Pam, a group we referred to as the Gorilla Gang. So here they are, recorded live at a patio bar overlooking Queen Elizabeth National Park in Uganda. Thanks, ladies. Kathleen Lacanoli, L-A-C-C-I, and it's a Nancy, O-L-E. And your profession? I am a writer. Perfect. And was this your first trip to Africa? Yes, it was my first trip to Africa. What did you think? I think it's awesome. I don't want to leave <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, I really, really love it here. It, it was more than I ever could have imagined. And I imagined a lot. I'm a very imaginative person. What was different about Africa how, is how you imagined it and when you got here. What, uh, what kind of, like turned your mind a little bit to it. It was actually easier than I expected. What did you expect? I I expected, you know, what you see in these TV commercials in the middle of the night with, you know, these sad situations. And what I found was it was fairly, Kigali was fairly cosmopolitan and... um, You thought Sally Struthers would be feeding people along? There was no, there was no grub. Nobody was eating grub or slop. got Got it. You know, there were no <laughs> flies. It was pretty much fly-free. It was just, this, it was beautiful. It was clean. They're very uh, ecologically conscious and um, happy. You know, happy, happy people. Our, our driver would be telling us some horrific story <laughs> with this terrible ending and just be laughing his ass off, you know, telling it. Like, it's so funny. And then the lion ate her. <laughs> so... Yeah, just a lot of joy, a lot of joy. And it was not, um, it's clean. You know, it's very clean and it's just, it's easy. It's just easy and navigable place. Well, Africa is actually huge. I should be asking more like specific because... Uganda. Yeah, Uganda and Rwanda, we've seen a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I will say Kigali is cleaner than most African cities. The cities are not really usually where you want to be in Africa. You want to be out in the where we're at right now. We're in like this beautiful, I'm trying to describe the setting of where we're at. Well, how would you describe it? We're on a uh, upper deck looking at a beautiful sunset overlooking the Queen Elizabeth National Park. Is that it? Yes. And it's the, um, it's the valley. It's the uh, rift. The Great Rift Valley. The Rift Valley in Western Uganda, the Savannah. So the, <laughs> the Toto song is, doesn't apply to here. I'm going to put it in between every interview. That's going to be the transition. I keep wanting to sing the song, but I realize oh, it's totally there. inappropriate. It's just that's a totally different part of Africa. But this it works. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> Have you already planned your next trip or where you want to go? No, I'm just listening. I'm traveling with this awesome group of people. Who did you know before this? Uh, Laura Greer. That's who I knew. That's who. Yeah, and then you and I met. Yeah. And, at breakfast. And at a breakfast. <laughs> and that was it. So, but I'm with this group of women and one silverback. And, um. Okay. I should, do, I should <laughs> clarify here. This has been my nickname, traveling with six women. I kind of like it though. I don't know if it's referring to gray hair, well, but I don't, I, I don't like want to take it. I don't want to take it personally. He's the luckiest man on the planet. Are you kidding me? 
No, but they all have been everywhere. And so I'm hearing all these stories. So I have this little fantasy that I'm going to go home and be like Dr. Doolittle. And I'm, I have, my son has a globe and I'm going to sit down in the middle of the night and spin the globe and put my finger on it. And then I'm going to go. Because this is my this is my coming out party after raising kids. Like this is my first big adventure. So I don't know where I'm going to go go next. Suggestions? Well, I'm sure you have some kind of a, a list in your head of where you'd always wanted to go. Uh, I want to see the Northern Lights. Otherwise, I'm totally open. I just want to go far, far away and just have adventure. I think one of the things that prevents a lot of people from traveling is mostly fear. I think is everything's mostly fear based. And even you yourself, you didn't know what to, I mean, it's a, it's a little scary, you know, jumping out of your comfort zone and but stuff, but, but yeah, right. But did this help you kind of like yeah. move away a lot of fear and now you're even more eager to go? The reason I, a little TMI is I had my heart broken and it, and it had a big effect on me. And I thought, um, what can I do? Like, I need to learn to be brave again. Because um, when you have your heart broken, you kind of turn inward. What can I do? I, I want to be brave again. And I reached out to Laura and said, I, I, I don't know. I just, I need something. And she said, come to Rwanda. And I booked the ticket that night. And I'm a mom. I have kids. You know, I, I stepped so far out of my comfort zone and my responsibility zone. But, and I was scared. I, I didn't know these people. And I was, you know, and I was scared and I am so glad I did it because now I can't wait to go again and do more and more and more. And I realized that fear is what makes us feel alive and fear is what, um, it can prevent us, but it can also give us this great sense of accomplishment if we, if we push past it. And that's what this has been. And I have, I didn't feel afraid at all on this trip. And we had a fire on the plane on the way over. And I still knew we were going to survive. And uh, it's been awesome. Well, if you can look back on one particular moment of this week that really stands out in your mind as one of your favorites, pick one. This is no brainer. The, the silverback farting when we were all, I mean, come on. We were all sitting there having this like blissful moment. Everything you picked the most yeah, juvenile. It was so awesome. <laughs> They're all this this beautiful uh, ape family and the mother's nursing the baby and we're ooing and aahing and they're all there in the cuddle pile and then the silverback turns around and he points his butt at us and he lets out the biggest fart. <laughs> Which Cindy got on uh, video too because there was a video element to it that I'm not going to get into right yeah. now. No. We won't go into details, but it was freaking funny. And uh, yeah, that was my favorite part of the trip. <laughs> oh, it's magical. It's really a magical moment. Thank you so much. Do you, are there regrets of maybe not doing this earlier in your life? I couldn't have done it earlier because I... Well, you had kids. Well, I am a single mom and I have kids. Um, and I couldn't have done it this way earlier. So... Um, that would be a huge question. It would be like a life choice. It would, it, it would have been about having children and not having children. And so I'm glad I had my kids. But I realized on this trip, I'm the oldest one in this group. And we're, we're doing this like gorilla trekking. And I'm like, wow, you know, I got about five years left in here. You know, like how many trips can I, can I cram in there? I, I do realize now that there is a ticking clock as to kind of the physical aspect of the travel. Hey, I'm feeling it. 
right? Well, you're a total stud. So. Uh, hey, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That was a quote. I didn't. I didn't prompt her to say. I that. can vouch for it. He was doing push-ups around the pool last night. I'm still sore. <laughs> so, would you tell your kids when you get home? What are you going to tell them? Are you going to encourage them to go yes. out? And- well, with my kids, I've always traveled with them. We've always done adventures. Like I, I made sure that they did not have that fear from a very young age. So we've been to all the European cities and every oh, city. Great. Yeah, every city we take cooking classes and we ride bikes. And last, I didn't get that. Yeah, and and last year my I sold my engagement ring and took my son to Costa Rica very spontaneous and that was fun. But this year I just needed to go by myself. I really needed to, you know, plus they they don't want to travel with me anymore. <laughs> Well, there's a moment there you're not cool, and then you'll be cool again. Yeah, like they got their own thing. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm doing it now. I But there's a lot I want to do. I have to say there there's that bit of regret that I didn't do more because all of a sudden it's it's just like it's like discovering chocolate at 50. Like I'm like, <laughs> shit, there's like whole 40 years of chocolate that I didn't eat. Well, where can people uh, see your work and uh, follow you on all social media? This is where you get your plugs in, so go ahead. I don't have a lot of plugs. Um, what do you mean? You write and you get a whole thing. Okay, so, well, I, I actually write, you know, KathleenLacanoli.com, uh, right? K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-L-A-C-C-I-N as the Nancy O-L-E.com. Or you can Google me because I write for a lot of people. And then I also write... Uh, under a pseudonym about dating midlife, which, you know, we wouldn't know about that. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know anything about what you're talking about. We are not middle-aged yet, but it's pcharlottelindsay.com. pcharlottelindsay.com. On, and she's on Instagram, Facebook, and she has a site. And um, just don't judge is all I can say. <laughs> or judge and engage. Or judge. I don't care. I don't care what you think about me. That's experience talking. I like it. Well, thanks. It was great getting to know you this week. Same here. It's been really fun traveling with you. All right. That's Kathleen Lacanoli. Lacanoli. Ciao. Cindy Sterling. C-I-N-D-Y-S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G. Wonderful. And you are a uh, makeup artist. Makeup artist and hairstylist. She's licensed, everybody. Was this your first trip to Africa? Yes, finally. Finally. Okay. Was it like how you thought it would be or different? Uh, it was like I thought it would be <laughs> and better. Like, I don't know, like the safaris is like what you see on TV and what you Google and all the animals. It was amazing. So. You're the youngest one here by far. Yeah. So not many of your peers. I mean, it takes a while for people to get here and do this thing. It took me a long time because this one's hard to do. Uh, did your friends think you were crazy to be doing this? Oh, yeah. People thought I was crazy. People from my small town back home thought I was crazy. They're like, uh, what are you doing in Africa? I'm like, what? Are you jealous? You want to come? They're like, no way. I have no desire. I'm like, hmm, sad for you. <laughs> You know, I, jealous. I find the difference. It's like people either have you either have the curiosity or you don't, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just don't. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's fear based, but a lot of people just don't aren't even interested. It's like really, you don't want to see a, a gorilla in the wild. Like that's they. Some people don't even know that 
that's possible, yes. that that's a thing. Or they think, oh, is that in a zoo? Like, where are you? That's cruelty. <laughs> oh, it's like, no, we're actually doing good to the community and to the locals. Yeah, I mean, and they, they hire ex-poachers to uh, conserve and, and try to save them and everything else. So, I mean, did you think it was more... Uh, like physically demanding than you thought it would be or I love it was a little more physically demanding I love hiking it oh, could have been longer it could have been 10 hours and I don't care I've been trying to track Kilimanjaro for the last three years and no one will come with me and I didn't want to go by myself so I keep putting it off and then this one came before the trek that I planned on in January so I just said you know what I'm just going to book this instead Kilimanjaro will always be there I can tell you I just I did Kilimanjaro five years ago and I went by myself I just joined a tour company and I was like it was I was the only American in mine. No, there was one other, and it was a group of uh, 11 of us. No, 12 of us. And, uh, yeah, there was two Americans, and it's very doable. You just, you know, you make a plan, you save up for it, and you do it. Like, you did this. It's very easy to do. So people don't want to go. If you wait for people to go with you, you'll never go. I know. I've had my new sleeping bag, my sleeping pillow, my bed pillow, and my new trekking poles, which were expensive, still in my closet, not even open from REI. Like, it's like, do I return it and buy something else? Like, or is this going to happen? Right. Now, if you could have done, if you did this stuff this week, you could do Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro is an easy, it's a hike. It's just a trail, but there's no, um, it's altitude. It's all about altitude. I'm good with altitude. Yeah. It's the snow that falls. Yeah, you don't like cold. Okay, there, you'll have two nights there that'll be a little chilly. <laughs> but once you get to the top, it'll be totally worth it. Yeah. So that's on your bucket list. What else is on your bucket list? I have so much on my bucket list. You should see the map in my living room with magnets. And a lot of my brides come to my home for their trials for their wedding day. And they're like, did you go to all of these? I'm like, no, they're color-coded. The red is where I've been. The yellow is where I'm, I've planned. And, or, the, yeah, the yellow. Mine's red and green. Where I want to go. <laughs> yeah, mine are magnets. Okay. I love it. Um, but I do want to see the Northern Lights. I want to go to Cambodia. I want to do Kilimanjaro. I I mean, there's so many places I can't even pinpoint exactly where I want to go next. I kind of have a feeling like things just kind of come naturally. I have places where I want to go and then things just kind of fall into place. Give me your best memory from this week and what, what really stands out in your mind. Um, we visited an orphanage and all the kids there were so incredibly happy and they loved seeing us and they loved performing and singing for us. And it's like you don't see that kind of happiness on kids back home in the States. And like here, some of the kids are walking three to ten miles every day to get to school at 730 in the morning for eight hours. Like they go to school from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Is that eight hours? Or is that 10? Eight to five. That's nine hours. Okay, Nine hours. Like, are you kidding me right now? I mean, they were so precious, and I just wish I could do so much more for them. But they did bring tears to my eyes, and I thank God I had sunglasses because I hate when people see me cry. <laughs> and um, also, the gorillas, of course. That's always been a bucket list of mine, and it's just incredible that it happened, you know, within a month and a half of planning. Thankfully, someone backed out, and I took their spot. That's how I get it. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. And then just driving around and seeing the lions in the tree, like everything that we spoke into existence that we wanted to see, we saw, except for the leopard. Yeah, well, you know, leopard's a tough sighting, it, man. I've, I've been to, this is my third trip to Africa, and I've still yet to see one. They're sneaky cats, yeah, and yeah, I love yeah. cats. So. Yeah. Um, so, but you've already 
like you traveled with Laura before. You you got uh, hosed on by a, an elephant. Tell that story. Oh yeah, in Nepal. Yeah, no, just ran- I still haven't been in Nepal. Randomly one day we're like, hey, this guy's got a pet elephant. You know, it's fifteen dollars to rent it for you know photo shoot, and she works for National Geographic. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll pose for you, even though I'm not a I'm not a model. I'm a makeup artist, but sure, <laughs> I'll do it. And it was like the best pictures I think I'll ever have in my entire life. Well, Laura took them, so they're. Yeah. yeah, it's embarrassing. Like when I see my photos standing next to her with my my little iPhone, and then hers, it's like, why do I even? Why do I even bother? I just do video. <laughs> it's probably the best idea. That's what I started doing toward the end. I was just like, look, you cover that, and uh, send it to me. Um, so, okay, your next trip is it planned, or you're just kind of playing it by ear? Let's see. Nothing really planned, although I do want to go to Nashville, which is in the States, because I am a country girl. Nashville's a fun town. I do want to do that for my birthday in September. We'll see if that happens. But for sure, like Kilimanjaro, I am shooting for January. Oh, great. That'll be awesome. That'll be really cool. What did you think about Uganda and Rwanda? I love them both. Like, the people are just so friendly and so happy that we are here visiting them. Like, people think that it's so dangerous in these com- in these countries. And, of course, like, there's danger everywhere. There's danger in our own town or in our own neighborhood. But these people are just so thankful that we're here and that they're doing their part to provide their service for us as tourists and that we're giving back to their communities. How do you think all this travel you've done, and you did more, you've probably done more now at your age than I, than I ever did at your age, internationally for sure, how do you think it's changed you as a person and how you look at the world? Just to be thankful for every day and be thankful for what we have, the family we have, the shoes we have on our feet, and the food we have at our table, and the clean water. We could drink our tap water. It may not taste good, but we can drink it. Here, these people, I mean, us as travelers, we can't even brush our teeth in this water. Yeah. We'll get sick. you know. But just the culture is just so beautiful to me. Just everything about it and the beauty and I don't know. What would you have packed differently if you could do it all over again? I think I packed okay. I'm a light packer. I hate carrying crap. Oh, yeah, I did very good. I actually still think I brought too much and I brought very little. (laughs) Yeah, although I would have got a different purse. I bought a purse for $12 at Marshall's and it stinks very bad. So I'm not taking it home with me. I bought a new Another purse. Another thing you can donate to the... Yeah, I'm donating that, and I bought a new purse that was made out of grass or something here with their <laughs> stones, and it's super cute, and it served a purpose for the the local person who made the purse. Yeah. Like, I'm happy to pay for that, you know? <laughs> Where can people find you, like on Instagram and your website and everything else? My website is my name, cindysterling.com. It's with an I, Sterling, S-T-I-R-L-A-N-G. If you spell it wrong, it's okay. It'll direct you to the same spot. And also Cindy Sterling underscore on Instagram with an I. And Cindy Sterling underscore M-U-A-H. It says moi, but it's makeup artist and hairstylist. Well done. And if you need a uh, makeup artist and hairstylist for your production, give her a call or a wedding. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Cindy Sterling, everyone. My name is Shannon. So do you want me to say Shannon Avery or Shannon Acevedo? Let's go with that. Just because of the way you said that, let's go with Avery. (laughs) A-V-E-R-Y. Yeah, business-wise, let's go Shannon Avery. Shannon Avery. But you're someone of many names from what I heard. There's Shanimal is my favorite. What are some of the others? Shanny Pants. Ace. (laughs) 
I even got ace hole once. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good one. <laughs> ace hole. I mean, I what an ace hole. <laughs> you don't choose your nicknames. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, uh, you, you knew Laura. That was the link to this whole group, right? How did you meet Laura? And this is actually a funny story. You guys are in the same business, weddings, right? Yeah, so basically Laura and I have both been in weddings for years and run around the same people in Southern California. So everyone's like, how do you not know Laura? So I was getting this and getting this. And we finally ended up at the same event where we were both getting those questions. Like, because I think we both had trips planned. And so everyone was like, oh, are you doing that with Laura? And they were asking her, oh, are you doing that with Shannon? And we're both going, I don't know who that is. Everyone says that I know that person. I don't know that person. And so finally, like, we met at this networking event. And um, something came up about, like, what we had been doing previously. And I was like, oh, I was just swimming with Jaguars in Roatan and she's like oh my god I was just (laughs) taking this picture with a tiger and we just started comparing pictures it was super funny and we were just ridiculous like the person that was with us thought we were joking like thought we knew each other and we're just like being fun um and then she's like well I'm going to New Zealand in like three weeks with Brian you know Brian like you should come and I'm like oh okay so basically I met Laura we planned a trip to New Zealand spent like 24 days together in a camper van so that's a big that, commitment with someone you just met. It is. I mean, luckily, Laura is easy to get along with because I could have gone really south. We spent a lot of time together um, and basically just became fast friends. Well, I kind of made them. I dove in. I didn't know anybody other than Laura. And I kind of trusted her judgment in friends in doing this trip. So it all, yeah, I guess it kind of worked out. Six degrees of Laura. So on this trip, what was, uh, if you're going to look back on this whole week, we've done a lot of stuff. What will stand out in your mind if I'm going to ask you like highlight? Well, going into the gorilla trekking, I honestly didn't once look up a YouTube video. And before I even booked this trip, I I didn't even know gorilla trekking was a thing. I knew nothing about it. Um, I'm just more that person that has curiosity about the world and want to do all the things and just experience it for myself I don't like to hear about it from others without having my own perception so I basically Laura and I were going back and forth of like oh my gosh we haven't traveled together in like almost a year what's going on um so then I get a text from her like hey you want to go gorilla trekking in June and I was like yes and she's like do you know what that is I'm like nope (laughs) <laughs> and also June, I mean, you're in the wedding business. Isn't that like prime wedding month? Shouldn't you be like your busiest right now? Yeah. Well, so what's funny is um, I wrote her back and I said, I'm pretty sure I have a wedding in Italy around that same time. Can you give me exact fly out dates? And she's like, oh, well, you have to let me know in the next 24 hours. Because, <laughs> you know, the spots are filling up or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, give me a date and I'll check my calendar. And basically, if I can go, I will go. Um, so I checked my calendar and the day that everyone was flying out from L.A., I was essentially going to fly home to L.A. So I just went from my Italy wedding straight to Africa um, and with zero expectations. Like like I said, never looked up a YouTube video. Um, even from the time of booking it at that time to showing up here, I still have not seen one random YouTube video of gorilla trekking or what it was. I never did either. I, did, I just kind of I, I heard about it. But I never dug deep and, and saw the videos. But I mean, I don't know what's out there, but I got to think our videos have got to be kind of up there, too. I mean, I think so. I, I Well, the only so since I booked it, I you know mentioned it to a friend. And then, of course, the more you talk about something, the more you know you realize it's out there. And I had friends that did it a month ago and I saw their iPhone pics and that was about it. But I still didn't you know truly get a grasp of what was going to happen. Um, but I like to go into things kind of like blindly and. Because I think the worst thing is when you look up something and then you see it and you hope that's you. And then you have a lower 
you have a high expectation, then you have a lower experience. I don't like that to happen. So I like to just kind of go in and just that way, whatever I experience feels like my own experience. And I don't really have like any jaded opinions about what it was going to be. So going there, like going back to highlights, um, you know, we got to get really close to them and hang out with them. And um, there was a moment where I was just kind of sitting on this hill and it was super, super steep. And I, I was just, I just kind of plotted down cause it was, it was hard enough to stand and I'm kind of sitting and I knew these two, the gorilla, there was a female with her baby behind me about 10, 15 feet. I mean, pretty close, but like far enough that you're comfortable. And I just remember looking up at everybody and everyone's got their phones out and they're just bug eyed looking at me like, Oh my God. <laughs> And I was so scared to turn around because I didn't know if eye contact would make it worse. I had no idea what was going on behind me. But I know that, you know, the females are protective of their babies. So I'm like, I don't know what she thinks I'm doing. And then also it was so steep that I was worried if I stood up or got up, I'd fall and cause more of a ruckus. Um, and so during this moment, I just like got bare still. And I'm just looking for someone to give me a cue. Like, are they walking by me? Are they staring at me? <laughs> and I have all these flashes of what could happen. And then, like, all of a sudden, I just, I remember kind of side glancing and just seeing, like, this gorilla head <laughs> down by my feet. And I'm like, oh! and, you know, you have that, like, gasp inside. And I'm just like, be cool, be cool. And she basically, like, leaned over next to me and just, like, put her head in my shoe. And then I hear the guy's guide saying, she's sniffing your shoes. <laughs> And that was when the other guy finally like put his hand on my shoulder, like "Let me help you up, like let's get some distance." <laughs> I was just taken, I was just taken, taken aback by the power that they have. You know, when you see them up, uh, just look at them. Even like the smaller ones, are going, they could probably pick me up and throw me around <laughs> if they really wanted to. Like if that one that touched you really wanted to hurt you, they would. But they, they just seem more curious than anything. I agree. Which you know. Was amazing. Um, what other parts of Africa have you been to other than here? So a year ago, I did Cape Town, um, and we did all the adventures, like swimming with the Cape for seals and the uh, the shark diving and the penguins. Um, and then we flew up to Nairobi and did Giraffe Manor, um, where you basically like eat breakfast with the giraffes. And I remember, I do remember. Oh, I've seen photos of that. I was gonna say I do remember seeing that YouTube video, yeah. and I remember going. This is so set up. Like, there's no way that that's actually what happens when you get there. And then I remember waking up at, like, 5 a.m., and we were so tired. And it's just like, okay, well, are there going to be giraffes at our window? And I remember we were literally, me and my roommate were talking about it. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just not every window. Like, is it a specific, like, room they go to? And as we're having this conversation, this giraffe head just, like, makes its <laughs> way into our window and just starts feeding because they come in and they put pellets in. And so we were just like, this is amazing. And then you go down for breakfast and they basically like put pellets out next to your omelet, essentially. And so if, if they like spill, they end up like just kind of eating your food too. It's like kind of hilarious. You're just literally having breakfast. With that 10 foot tongue. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's slurpy and it's sloppy and it's amazing. That's in Kenya? <laughs> um, yeah, that's in Nairobi. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, I know. I've seen photos of that. That looks so cool. We could do a whole episode with you because you, you're one of the people that can say, very few people in the world can say, you are on the top of Mount Everest. That's very impressive, but uh, you kind of cheated. So tell people, I didn't even know this was a thing. Tell people how you swung that. 
Okay. I mean, I have no problem saying that I cheated because <laughs> I have never had, I mean, I'm an athlete and I like to accomplish things, but I have never had any interest in climbing Mount Everest or basically like plummeting to my possible death. Um, so like, to me, that's like, just kind of like maybe a deep base camp one day, you know, like that was probably as far as I've thought of it. Um, so I didn't really even realize when we booked our trip to Nepal, how close we were to Mount Everest until like the itinerary came in and we were going to like fly near it and the whole thing. So my friend basically got obsessed with, there has to be a way to get up there. And he essentially found, he spent an entire day researching and found this chopper company that will take you up there. Um, so we got six of us and they basically take all six of you to base camp, drop off three of you, refuel, and then take three of you up there. Wow. You get three and a half minutes to run out, take your pictures, basically not die from... <laughs> from being at 27,000 feet or whatever and not being able to breathe. And then they pretty much start like waving their arms like, no, you really have to get in. Um, and then they come back, take the other three. It was really cool. And then we had an Everest beer at Everest Hotel, pretending that we just accomplished so, so much amazingness. And like it was, I mean, it was so surreal. Even just the ride up there, like just looking down at this huge mountain and just, I mean, it was covered in snow at this time of year, but just knowing that people trek this and sleep overnight, I, again, still, zero desire. So you didn't do it at the time when the hikers were going up there? It was about two weeks. We, we went up about two weeks before uh, the like hiking season started or whatever. Okay, I'm trying to picture them like slogging it up, about to die, and then this, <laughs> this asshole comes down in a helicopter like, you son of a... And then you're having a beer with them afterwards. They're all frostbit, and you're like, woo! I gotta say, I don't, I don't know if they do the flights during that time because yeah, then yes, we would. That would just be the worst. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we were like, it was just an unexpected adventure that was planned within like twelve hours. So we were just kind of like, when are you ever going to do this? Yeah, like, and I'm like, well, I don't plan on climbing it. So, um, but the other thing that was cool is that base camp was semi getting like yeah. populated and people were acclimating and getting ready. So that part of it, you know, was cool because you could actually see like what people do to prepare for this craziness and that's right around when we hopped in the chopper <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome all right well let's uh wrap up our uh, africa talk and uh if you're gonna look back on this and did this inspire you to do any kind of other travel or do more like wildlife stuff that's a good question um i think it's always liberating when you basically cross the world or travel to a different country and especially one that's so vastly different from America like there's all this different vegetation and just the way that people live and just the amount of like community and love that's here I just don't think always transfers unless you've been here and been around the people um, and so every time I experience that I get excited to go to the next place and just learn about like how they do things and what what their community is like. And I mean, the way that we were greeted with dances at dinner, like, wouldn't it be so cool if people traveled, you know, like in West Hollywood, you go to these fancy restaurants and nobody's greeting you with anything, you know, you, you get what you pay for and that's kind of it. So I think it's just so neat to experience the traditions and like everything that's aside from money somewhere else, you know, it's all about just people and just being around like, your surroundings and enjoying what you have. And I think we are really bad about enjoying what we have. And so I, I always come home feeling um, a little bit more grounded about how special it is, the place that we live. 
Um, and then also how special all the people are all around the world. That's great. Uh, if people want to hire you for their wedding or any other thing you want to plug, go ahead and plug it right now. Where can people find you? Oh, there's plugs. Um, uh, okay. Oh, no, I'll, I'll throw some business your way. <laughs> yeah, so um, we are based in Southern California. We do wedding films. Uh, the company is called Who Films. H-O-O, just think of an owl. Who. Um, so, yeah, it's wedding films about who you are, and um, that's us. So you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on I don't know. I don't Wedding know. Films know. about who you are. <laughs> find who us on Instagram. Find us on everything but YouTube. <laughs> and you find on my page, you can see the video that I shot of the uh, gorilla touching yes. your foot. The sniffing shoes. <laughs> yes. Soon to go viral. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Shannon Avery, everyone. Shanimal out. I know you're in cryptocurrency, and every time someone tries to explain what the hell it is, my eyes glaze over. So you're financial. You're in the financial game. I am. I own a real estate development investment company called Crimson Holdings, and I own a uh, cryptocurrency-related bank and trust called Paladin Trust. Pamela Day. Yeah, that's oh. right. <laughs> Easily spelled. Learn it, know it, live it. Uh, this is your first time to, I assume... Rwanda and Uganda, right? It is my first time. To Africa? It's my first time to sub-Saharan Africa. I've been to Morocco, Egypt, but I've never been on a, like a true safari, like the Africa that you imagine, you know? And your impressions, your first impressions, now that you've been here for a week? I think that Uganda is one of the most physically beautiful places I've ever seen in the world. It's pretty stunning, though. I mean, we're just driving through it. I was, I was blown away. It is shocking. It's shockingly gorgeous. And it's so diverse. I mean, the, the Uganda of the mountains where you saw the gorillas is so different from where we saw the lions, is so different from where we saw the hippos. It's, it, it's remarkable, and it's so verdant green and so alive. There's no part of it where you're like, oh, I guess that's the ugly part. There isn't one part that's the ugly part. <laughs> well, we haven't seen the cities. So that was the, we haven't been to the capital and stuff like that. But uh, the countryside, we can all speak for it. That's pretty amazing. So the gorillas, was this something that's been on your list to do for a long time? For my whole life. My whole life I wanted to do really? this. Oh, this. I didn't even know it was possible. Yeah. This, Until recently. This has been something I've dreamed about. And I've just been kind of holding the trip in my, you know, pocket in my in my to-do list because it was never the right time or I just never had the right people that I wanted to go with and I, I really romanticized it I made such a big deal out of it that it just had to be right so I the fact the fact that we even had a chance to do this is remarkable to me so we had a running uh got not gag but we had a running uh storyline about how you would just camp out and watch the gorillas just in the zone and not and just transfixed. Did did something come over you watching uh, the gorillas that close? I I just have no fear of animals really. I have very little fear of them. So uh, and I have such a deep appreciation and love that I, I just want to sit and be with them. I just want to sit, watch, observe, and I get into my my happy place. 
You know, I do. And you're not even going to quit here. You're going to Chimp Island tomorrow. What is Chimp Island? Chimp Island, I keep calling it that. It's Ngamba, N-G-A-M-B-A, Ngamba. And I found it because I was searching for, I wanted to interact with chimps. I wanted to to do that, which you can't really do in the wild, of course. So I was looking for chimp sanctuaries nearby our trip where I could possibly interact with them and volunteer. So Ngamba Island has a volunteer program. You can go there and um, and pay <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to go help them. Yeah, and it's a sanctuary, which is pretty cool because it's this island in the middle of Lake uh, Victoria, I suppose. Yeah, Lake Victoria. And um, the chimps hate water. So they will not try to swim off. <laughs> it's like Jurassic Park, really. Exactly, yeah. It's the Jurassic Park of chimps. <laughs> okay. Chimps hate water. They don't like rain. They don't like to get wet. So they stay on the island. And it's just evidently a very beautiful sanctuary. So I'm really excited to go. That's great. So a lot of people are concerned sometimes about uh, the trekking to the gorillas. Because, I mean, I've done a lot of hiking. And this wasn't that easy. And we had a short trek. Um, I can imagine doing that for like eight hours. How did you find it? And if you describe it to people, would you wouldn't? I wouldn't tell people not to go, but you got to be fit to do it. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, somebody had given me the heads up on that. I was, oh, I, thankfully, I was well prepared because somebody told me what it was going to be like. So they mentioned that at times you may be kind of it may be so vertical that you're sort of grabbing a, a root or a tree and pulling yourself up. And when I got that visual, I then realized what I was getting myself into. This is not a, a hike to do with sneakers on, that yeah, you needed yeah, yeah. you needed serious hiking boots, you needed hiking gloves, you needed hiking pants. I spent, you know, probably the four weeks leading up to the trip on... REI, Eddie yeah. Bauer, on these sites, like buying technical gear that I had never purchased before. But in the end, it, it wasn't it wasn't that difficult. Um, but I think everyone in our group was relatively fit uh, and you know younger than sixty five years old. Right. I think that you know if you're if you're advanced in age or if you are you know, really overweight or you've got really bad knees, it might not be for you. It might be challenging, but I, as painful as it was, and it was pretty painful for me, I, I actually just enjoyed it in a weird, twisted way. Plus, we learned of, of the helicopter option. Describe the, the, the gorilla helicopter. No, what did they call it? The, was it? African, African helicopter. helicopter. What is the, describe the African helicopter for people. African helicopter, evidently, is their version of what happens to you if you go on the track and you and you can't get out, or if you want to track but you're just not mobile enough to do it. And don't don't be fooled by the word helicopter. What they mean is four humans carrying you like an Egyptian queen on a, a rig uh, of welded metal and an old car seat glued to the top of it so you get in the car seat buckle yourself in and four humans lift you up with like pallbearers and carry you i can't imagine how they do this in the, up and down the ravines they claim that the people are actually stay in the seat but it, there's uh, it's shocking there was no way i mean just walking myself up i was falling over i, I carrying no way no 
But that's uh, we got great footage of you riding it. Yeah, yeah. So for three hundred dollars, you can buy four humans that will carry you like a king. Um, up and down hills. I don't know how they possibly do that. Shocking. Um, did this trip inspire you to do any more kind of adventure travel like that, or did you do you have any plans to do something? It did actually. I was just talking to the the guides downstairs that there's another park that we didn't hit. Um, it, that I don't know how to pronounce the name, but there are wild chimps there. He said about a hundred. So uh, I'm I want to come back to Uganda maybe about this time next year, because I think we really hit it at a beautiful time. The rainy oh, season had ended, but it's not the dry season yet. So I think that this weather, we really, you know, kind of nailed it on that. So I'd like to come back at this time. What are we in now? Early June? Is it early June? Mid-June. Mid um, next year, and go to this other uh, park with the with the chimpanzees, where evidently you... you camp right there with the chimpanzees and then there's another park in the southern portion of i'm sorry rwanda called nagawe i think and that has a uh, very nice hotel in it a one and only hotel so i'd like to maybe hit the southern portion of uh rwanda that's for the next trip this time next year sounds like you're a rwanda convert i'm definitely a uganda convert yeah for sure it really is just remarkably beautiful I, I can't believe what a, what a best-kept secret it is. No, this has been a, a great trip. So um, finally, how do you think all the travel you've done, and you've done a lot of travel over the years, how, is, how has it affected you and how you look at the world and your opinions of people and life in general? Oh, God, that's a big question. You know, you see you see how different our lives are. You begin to realize that we as Americans are the outlier. We're not the norm. We're such the outlier. Our lifestyles are the outlier. The fact that we wear helmets when we ride even bicycles is an outlier, right? You know, you, you start to realize that the rest of the world lives in a pretty similar way. If you go to Colombia, if you go to Costa Rica, if you go to... Uh, Uganda, if you go to Indonesia, people's lives look pretty similar. We are the ones that live these very different lifestyles. So most people cook on an open flame and, and if you know they're lucky if they have a, a motorbike and they certainly don't ride it with a helmet and they probably have three other people on it when they're driving it and you know things of this nature. We're just we're so far removed from you know where our food really comes from and how to actually build a house. We remove ourselves in ways that's really great. It frees up our brains to be really cerebral. But I like seeing real life. I like seeing humanity, and I like seeing certainly the nature of what these other countries have to bring. And then you go back to uh, change the world with cryptocurrency. <laughs> and go back to La La Land. <laughs> but isn't the point of it, uh, this is to get off on a whole other thing, but isn't part of like the blockchain and all that stuff is to even the playing field well, for between countries, right? I don't know if it's the point of it, but it certainly is one of the great benefits yeah. is that you can you can transfer information, you can transfer currency, you can transfer really, you know, power 
to a vast number of people without an intermediary. And I think part of why you and I haven't been to Uganda, right, in most of our lives is for most of our lives, this was an unstable place, right? And when I said I was going to Uganda, you know, my parents, they're, you know, what? The, well, yeah, we're thinking back to the Idi Amin days. I mean, that's, oh, I shouldn't say that too long. Yeah, probably not. So, so you know, if you think about how much has, has been accomplished in just 20 years, now think of what these people can do when they control their own, you know, currency or when they have that kind of power to move money um, in a place where it's so difficult to even move information here, right? So I look forward to seeing how much more these folks, these f- people here um, and people in the places that I just mentioned will benefit so much more from from distributed ledger technology or cryptocurrencies than I will, right? For me, it's interesting. For You're them, doing fine. Yeah, I'm fine. For me, it's interesting. <laughs> for them, it's life change. It could be. Right, right. And I hope it gets there. I really do. Thank you, Pamela. Okay, I'm speaking with the woman that is responsible for me coming to this amazing trip in Africa. Laura Greer, everybody. Photographer extraordinaire, worldwide uh, sensation. I don't know. Look at me. (laughs) I am plugging the hell out of your business. Thanks for uh, inviting me. This has been incredible. Have we not had an incredible week? We've had an incredible week. Have you not had an incredible week with six women traveling with you? I know. It's been great. I didn't know what to expect, but I, I, you were the only person I knew of the six. And so I uh, trusted your judgment of character in that these people would be cool. And they were all great. So, no, I had a great time. And thanks for inviting me. And what did you expect? And... Did it exceed what you ex- expected? Yeah, I've been to a few different countries in Africa, but there are a lot of places I haven't seen. And I honestly didn't expect Uganda and Rwanda to be so clean and so um, friendly and just you felt like you were in like rural you know, how you'd feel in a small town in America in terms of when you're driving around, everyone is just like outside and just kind of living off the earth and planting things and eating what they planted. And just, it was very, um, I don't know, it was very natural and just beautiful. I didn't expect it to be that green and lush and beautiful. And you look back on this week, give me some of the highlights because you had some interactions with people on the street that were pretty amazing. Talk about that. Well, last time I had traveled to Zambia, where you're about to go, um, I know you're going to love it. Um, I was actually shocked by how many people came up to me asking me if I could give them my shoes. And I made a mental note that next time I came to Africa, I would bring a bunch of pairs of old shoes that I have to give away. And so I brought some trainers and shoes. And that was one of the best moments for me was finding a couple of women, one of them who had never even worn shoes before and was just walking around barefoot kilometers down the dusty, dirty roads. And her reaction was priceless when we gave her my sneakers and she put them on for the first time. She just started dancing, like so excited, just dancing in the middle of the street. Like it was so amazing. I have it on video and it just, that's like the highlight of my trip. What did you think when you saw the gorillas up close? Um, I was not scared of them until that one lunged at us because I was trying to get too close to take a picture. You know, I'm like, oh, that one piece of grass, I need to clear it from its face. And then that was not a good idea. Um, But uh, the gorillas are just so beautiful. And to be able to be, I I don't think I've ever had an encounter with an animal like that that was purely in the wild. I mean, they're like, you've, you've, 
been to places where they're domesticated or, you know, you're in an enclosure or a safari park or like something like that where, you know, they're they're used to seeing people. I mean, I guess the gorillas are used to seeing people, but we we're literally like hanging out with them while they were just doing their natural Gorilla things. Gorilla things, you know? And I, and I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought we would just be almost like bird watching where you just kind of like hike out to where they are and take pictures. I didn't realize you could be, you know, directly next to them. Sometimes they even touch you and, and you're just hanging out and they just don't even mind that you're there. That was amazing. So what other places in Africa have you been and how would this compare to other places in Africa? Um, I've been to Senegal and Ghana, West Africa. I've been to South Africa. I've been to Zambia. And then I've been to Tanzania and up north, like Morocco, Egypt. And they're all very, very, very different places. Um, but I would say that I thought Uganda and Rwanda were going to be similar to Senegal. And Senegal is very, very extremely poor and very kind of dirty and a lot of trash. And a lot of, you'll see like used electronics that are broken from like 30 years ago that are like for sale in piles on the side of the road. And just like, just piles of just trash and stuff and so I just kind of expected it to be like that you know people sifting through trash and trying to sell bits and pieces on the side of the road and it was nothing like that here everything was we didn't see a speck of trash like they actually banned plastic bags in Rwanda which I didn't even know like I actually was stopped at the airport and they made me throw away uh, my plastic bag that I'd gotten at the airport they don't even allow it into the country so I thought that was pretty amazing and um yeah, it just was, everyone was out cleaning and took a lot of pride in the way their appearance and the way their house looked and the way the street looked and their community. I mean, they were, I, I, I thought there was a lot of pride. Now, you are a professional photographer, and when you see my photos and <laughs> other amateurs, does it make you sad? No, it, it doesn't make me sad. I mean, if everyone could take photos as well as Shannon and I, we wouldn't have careers, so... <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I love that people are like, yes, this is an amazing photo off the iPhone. I'm like, eh. <laughs> No, I mean, other than the bad crapping, poor exposure and pixelation. Uh, that is that is important to notice. I do notice you do not use an iPhone. You like the Samsung better then? The entire reason I have a Samsung because I'm, I'm an Apple user is uh, is because it has a far superior camera. Okay. Yeah, That is the only reason. I'm a little bit of a camera snob, so... Yeah. Well, you have the right. I think if anybody's going to be a camera snob, I think it's it's you. A professional who uses one. So, um, how if you're going to look back on this, and uh, are you going to use it as any kind of like a project professionally? Or are you going to do like an art thing with it? Or you, oh, you mean with the images I took? Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to share them with my stock agency, Robert Harding, that I'm part of in London. Um, and hopefully that the images will be used all over the world for different promotional things to promote Rwanda and Uganda. So hopefully um, for my own personal self, like, you know, maybe just for travel writing or blog posts and things like that. But I definitely want to write about Gorilla Trek Africa and our experience here because I, I really just don't think people understand how lush and beautiful it is here. I mean, yeah, I didn't know it blew me away. Yeah, like the tea country and the coffee country we drove through. I mean, you could easily go and tour coffee tea plantations and have like a, a, a beautiful experience doing that. We didn't even have time to do that. We were just so focused on the animals. <laughs> Your objective opinion how do I rate as a uh, travel companion? <laughs> Jeez, put me on the spot here. No pressure at all because I'm asking right now with a microphone. I mean, you were funny. I'm kidding, of course. I mean, you're a little, a little funnier than I really thought you were going to be. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, as a professional. 
Moving on. Okay, what's your next journey? Tell us uh, what where you're headed next. Oh gosh, where is my next journey? Well, you're gonna go back home. You got a wedding to shoot. Yeah, I go straight to Asheville, North Carolina from here. So. Humble brag. <laughs> um, I'm going to actually do some scuba diving in Florida. I'm going to actually enjoy being home for a few weeks in Los Angeles. Um, but then I'm doing some West Coast jaunts like Seattle and just um, visiting in California, different places. But then my next kind of international trip will be Europe and Sardinia to visit my sisters. Oh, that sounds great. And uh, word on the street is that you have a hat company now? Oh, Tell God. us about that. Well, look at that. Uh, look at these plugs seamlessly interwoven into this conversation. Well, it's kind of amazing. We are now on the fourth continent that Andiana Hats have have reached out to. So we, I started a hat company called Andiana, like Indiana Jones and the Andes Mountains in Peru. Clever. <laughs> in Peru, in the Sacred Valley. And they're all made out of alpaca wool by Quechua artisans. Um, and yeah, we were empowering women and creating hats and creating intentional hats and hopefully the idea is to have um, more intention bands which are the bands around the crown of the hat to be made by different artisans around the world so you can mix and match them that's awesome and if people want to see your work your uh, photography and everything else what are the websites for everything Wow. Okay. So if you just go to my name, Laura Greer, G-R-I-E-R.com, that is my fine art travel photography. If you go to beautifulday.photography, that is my wedding photography. As Shannon knows, we've worked a lot together. And um, I guess if you want to go see, check out my hats, you go to andianahats.com and it's A-N-D-E-A-N-A hats.com. And finally, what do you think all this travel that you've done how has that changed you as a person and how maybe how you look at other people and deal with the world? It's kind of similar to what Shannon was saying. I, I call it resetting myself. So I think that, you know, everyone gets, you make your life as complicated as you want it to be. And so I've got mortgage and cell phones and car payments and this and that. And you're like rushing around and Google calendars and like, you know, and you complain about stress and you're like rushing to your yoga class. And then I, when I, when I go and travel, I, you, all of that doesn't even like seem important and, you just realize how simple you could actually live. Like I know that no matter what I would survive anywhere and could live a lot simpler than I am. So I'm choosing to have the life that I have, but it, it's a great reminder to reset yourself, to be gracious and to be humble and to be appreciative. And to also, I think the best education I've ever gotten is just from traveling. Like I learned more about political and people's ideas about the world and just about geography and stuff from my travels that I ever did in school. And I even taught you about Haile Selassie. I, you know, I didn't even know about the, I didn't even know well, about your cabin either. is named after. And the funny thing is, how did you know about that? Your Rastafari days, That's apparently. Right. I did a lot of weed in college. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't know you knew about did the you Ethiopian. Tell, you, you just picture me dreadlocked and told. Oh yeah, that was totally me. Well, thanks again for inviting me to this. This has been great, and I met a lot of really cool new people. So thanks, Laura Gray, everybody. <laughs>